If you enjoy this show, you will enjoy the new novel Alice Isn't Dead, a standalone, complete reimagining of this story. It's out now. Find it wherever you encounter books or at aliceisntdead.com. The mountains in Tennessee look almost tropical this morning. Mist over forest canopy, lakes with low bridges. I don't know what I pictured when I pictured this place, but it wasn't this. I guess I didn't picture it. Never bothered to. We come into Nashville. Each city skyline has that one building. The one that lets you know which city you're looking at, because otherwise every skyscraper is every skyscraper. In New York, there's the Empire State. In Los Angeles, there's that round one. I don't know what it's called. I don't think anyone does. It's, you know, the round one. And in Nashville, there's the Batman building. That's not what it's called. I'm sure there's some architectural reason for its design, but what it looks like is that it's a building shaped like Batman's head. A soft tap on the cab door while we slept and I was already awake and tensed. A lot of training and even more justifiable worry had gone into my years fighting these creatures, and the slightest sound could mean anything at all. So that's what I had to be ready for. Keisha came awake too, in response to my getting up. I put my finger to my lips, crept to the door, and flung it open. The kid screamed. It was a teenage girl. My brain was putting together the pieces and was about to deliver the words, Oh, you must be, when Keisha screamed too and threw herself past me. Sylvia! Sylvia, you're safe! Oh, you must be Sylvia, I said. The girl nodded into Keisha's shoulder. Isn't Dead by Joseph Fink, performed by Jessica Nicole and Erica Livingston, produced by Disparition. Part 3, Chapter 8, To Forgive. The meetings of what we now called Praxis continued. We met once every three months. This was not going to be a fast process. Oh, we had aged. Oh yes, almost a year and a half of this already. The battle was never going to be fast. The only way to overthrow power is by driving in the thinnest edge of the wedge and then methodically and constantly tapping it in for years until there's enough leverage for what only looks from the outside like a sudden upheaval. The meetings had taken on a religious aspect. Stories of the oracles were now recited like encounters with angels. It wasn't quite worship, but it wasn't quite not. And we didn't deter that. Worship and rituals can be tools used for good or bad. 
We realized that we couldn't oversee the group entirely on our own, so we gave all of the people an assignment. Go back to where they were from and start their own Praxis group. Gather people around the same way we had. Start hundreds of these all over the country. We tapped that wedge in a little deeper. First, I gave Sylvia some water and a bit to eat. But next, I sat her down and wanted to hear where in the hell she had been all this time and if she had found anything. Yes and no, she said. She had gone looking for the oracles, just like she said she would, just like we did. And like us, she discovered quick that the oracles are only findable when they choose to be found. There's no stumbling on them. They come to you. Still, she visited every dusty roadside stop that hadn't seen action since the 70s, and she poked into the corners in the back rooms. She started to get a sense for the kind of places that they were drawn to. She discovered, like us, that even when finally encountered, the oracles had difficulty communicating with people who experienced time through such a fundamentally different filter. The more she found and talked to them, the more she felt it was most similar to the way her mind worked when she first woke up, when her thoughts were flat and straddled what was real and unreal equally. So she would meditate for hours in the mornings, trying to hold on to and extend that way of thinking so that she might be able to understand the oracles better. But ultimately, she realized that the oracles were a cause. They existed to fight back Thistle and everything that Thistle stood for. They were a purpose more than a creature. And so she realized that while she wouldn't be able to understand them enough to help them, she could go on continuing their purpose herself. It was all she had ever cared about. This struggle was the core and soul of her. And I knew, Sylvia said, that if I wanted to be there for the fight, I had to come to you, Keisha. Because for whatever reason, you're where that fight ends up. The motel we stay at is full of high school kids on a trip to learn how to make it in the country music business. Like any city devoted to a specific entertainment industry, like LA to the movies, or New York to the theater, or Las Vegas to utter despair, Nashville has a hole at the heart of it that everything in the city slopes toward. I wasn't there for this, so this is what I heard coffee shop past closing. The owner let the folks use it because she herself was a member. This was one of hundreds of small praxis groups started by one of the original faithful. In this case, it was Daniel, who once manned the counter at the easy stop in Swansea. He told the others again about what we had told him, passing along our stories as best he could remember unlike anyone, sort of making it up anytime he needed to fill the gaps. In this way, our story spread, in much less of a direct fashion than a big headline, 
but in a way that people would actually receive. Then the others told their own stories. In the hush of that half-darkened coffee shop, they shared what they had seen that hadn't been possible, and definitely hadn't been right, but had been real. They felt the utter relief of being believed. It's all going to end soon, said Sylvia, and I felt every connotation of good and bad she meant by that. This was coming to a head, even though we had no real way of knowing what that would mean. I'm just glad we could all be together for that, I said. Yeah, man, she said. The three of us scattered out real good. I guess this would have to be the end, right? How else would we have ever gotten it together to be in the same place at the same time? What was that name you used to go by as a teenager? I said. Forget it, she said. Skip, right? <laughs> Nobody calls me Skip anymore. All right, I said. She took my hand. You can call me Skip if you want. Shit, you can call me whatever. I know what you mean by it. I put my arm around her, this runaway teenager who I would never be able to protect as much as she deserved. We sat like that for a long while, but we couldn't sit like that forever. Couldn't do anything forever. I don't know how this will turn out, Keisha said. I don't know if there will be an after, but there might be, and so we need to talk about what comes next. Okay, I said, with real fear. We had stayed together because we had a mission, because there was a great struggle and we were on the same side. That kind of energy can paper over a lot of dysfunction and pain. If we made it through this, maybe there wouldn't be an us left to talk about. And maybe Keisha knew it. I dreaded this conversation, but I had a lot of experience in my life of facing what I dread. So I sat down and I listened. Keisha took a long breath with her eyes closed. And then she looked at me with a calm determination, someone who had moved past indecision and had landed, for good or bad, on their way forward. I forgive you, she said. I forgive you completely. I felt this wash of happiness and also surprise because they were not the words I was expecting, but she brushed aside my hand as I moved it toward her. I'm not finished, she said. The members of those smaller Praxis groups were asked to start their own groups. Now the regional became the local. Most towns of any size had a praxis group, some as small as three or four, others in the hundreds, meeting in community centers and parks, in libraries and diners. We didn't know all of the details. For instance, we didn't know what had happened to the story. The story that we had told our group, and then the members of our groups had told their groups, and so on and so on. The story had changed. It had become less an oral history and more a religious text. 
we had become prophets or minor deities. There were the oracles, and they were powerful beings that many had started to worship. But there were also the stories of Keisha and Alice, who controlled the oracles, who could fight off Thistlemen single-handedly, who would one day come and raise up the entire country against the monster that strangled it. I don't know what we would have done with that story if we had known about it. But in the end, all that can be controlled is what you do. What others think about what you do is out of your hands. It was out of our hands. It had been over two years of this slow growth. Praxis had unfolded from a word whispered in weird corners into a tangible movement of people a quiet gathering ready to explode into the open. And it wasn't lost on Thistle or on Bay and Creek. In that motel room in Nashville, a piece of paper slid under the door. Against the curtain, the shambling shadow of a misshapen man. We prepared for a fight, but it was quiet for a long time, and so I picked up the paper. Alice, it said. We should talk. It doesn't have to be like this. Meet me at... And here it gave directions to a remote location in southern Indiana. The paper was signed, Lucy. They're ready to end this, said Alice. Yeah, I said. Put out the call. What we've been preparing for. It's here. I'm not finished, I said to Alice. I'm not forgiving you for your sake. I need you to hear all of this, not just the parts you want to hear. I don't know if you deserve forgiveness, and maybe I don't care. Maybe there isn't some great balance sheet where the equation of guilt can be figured until it's all equal on both sides. And maybe it's just what the person who was hurt feels, right or wrong. And if so, then I don't want to think about what you deserve. I want to think about what I deserve. I paused. The heaviest part was out of me now, and I could see clear through to the finish. I deserve to live a happy life, I said. I deserve to have my wife who I love at my side. I deserve to wake easy in the morning and to fall asleep easy at night. I deserve to not have what you did intruding into our lives. So I want you to understand this. In order to have what I deserve, I must forgive you. But I'm not forgiving you for you. I'm forgiving you because it's what I deserve. She nodded in understanding and agreement, and there was a moment of tension. But I had forgiven her, and I meant it. I leaned forward, and she leaned forward, and we met in the middle in maybe the best kiss we've ever had. Our bodies collapsed together with the gravity of everything we felt. I had been holding my breath for years. I opened my mouth. I breathed in 
This is love. This is what it's made of. The night before Indiana. I don't know Lucy's plan, but I can guess. I don't know who will stand on our side, but I can hope. There is a knock, and Sylvia calls out through the door. I open it, and she's standing in the motel walkway, looking not herself under fluorescent glare. I feel so strange, she said. I guided her in. Alice came over in concern. Sylvia looked seriously ill. I had never seen her face like that. I didn't know what was happening. And then Sylvia fell to the ground and began to tremble. Tears splashed off her face as she shook. I understand, she said. I understand. And in a terrible moment, I did too. Check out aliceisntdead.com for more information on this show and our merch, like the Alice Isn't Dead Map of America, tracing Keisha's three-season journey around our country with hand-drawn art of her many misadventures, available in three different sizes, and that huge size is really stunning on a wall where you can just see all the tiny details. Even if you don't buy it, do yourself a favor, go to the store and look at it, or get the memorable Alice Isn't Dead logo as a shirt or an enamel pin. And there's more, all of that, at aliceisntdead.com, which of course is also where you can get information about the upcoming Alice Isn't Dead novel. This show would not be possible without our Patreon supporters, such as the breezy Jennifer Maddox, the strong Jordan Lane, the warm Joseph Brooks, the fresh Leah Tedesco, the cool Leith McHarg, and the futuristic Morgan Trias. If you would like to join these folks in helping us make this show, please check out patreon.com slash aliceisntdead, where you can get rewards like director's commentary on every episode, behind-the-scenes updates, bonus episodes, and a chance to read the Alice novel before anyone else. This show is winding up, so you do not have a lot of time to get in on those extras. That's patreon.com slash aliceisntdead. Hey, Alice Heads, which is a name I just came up with for listeners of Alice Isn't Dead and that I don't think I'll ever use again. Ugh. Anyway, I'm releasing two books this year, which is a weird thing to say, but I've been working on both of these for years and I'm so excited for you to read them. Okay, first on May 11th, 2021, the first 10 years, two sides of the same love story. So there is a love story that happened behind the scenes of Welcome to Night Vale between me, Joseph Fink, and Meg Bashmaner, voice of the Night Vale credits and MC and tour manager for the live Night Vale show. In this memoir, we recount the first 10 years of our relationship, year by year, without consulting each other beforehand. 
It's a funny and romantic story about how differently we experience and remember our lives. Then, on July 20th, The Halloween Moon, my first ever novel for ages 10 and up. Esther Gold loves Halloween, until the year that Halloween night just won't end. Even she doesn't want Halloween to last forever. No matter your age, if you're a fan of Alice Isn't Dead, I think you're going to love this book. Get these books wherever you get your books. Today's quote. Character 2 is a process and an unfolding. From Middlemarch by George Eliot. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Night Vale Presents. Find out more about us and our shows at nightvalepresents.com. Creators of Welcome to Night Vale, Alice Isn't Dead, and Within the Wires comes a new Audible original, Unlicensed. In the outskirts of Los Angeles, where the cul-de-sacs and strip malls sprawl into the desert, two unlicensed private investigators scrape by on whatever small cases come their way. But when a teenage girl pleads for them to take the strangest case of their career, this unlikely pair, with no resources and no backup, will follow a trail of seemingly unconnected cases, which will lead them to a ransom a murder, a mysterious wellness center, and a conspiracy that might go all the way to the governor. It's important to catch small fires early. They don't stay small for long. Unlicensed. Available now at audible.com slash unlicensed.